Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. Praise God. We're so grateful that you're with us and connecting with us. Hallelujah. We're going to once again jump into the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Praise God. I've been doing kind of a mini-series on uh, the armor of God. And so let's go take a look at this again. Verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to uh, stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer, and supplication in the Spirit. You notice that it didn't even start a new sentence there. So it's talking about the same thing. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Amen. In the Spirit. Being watchful to this end. Hallelujah. With all perseverance. In other words, being watchful is just talking about being vigilant or awake. And perseverance is talking about persistence. So he's talking about kind of a prayer thing here. He's talking about put on the armor because you're going to battle. You're going into prayer. You're going to go take care of business. He's talking about here uh, being uh, supplicating, okay, so to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In other words, not just for yourself, but we're in this thing, helping out, praying for other people, praise God, and he says, for me. In other words, not only for those, but also for for me as as a leader here, amen. Pray for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, and in it I may speak boldly, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, praise God. And of course, at the time of this writing, he was in chains. He was shackled down, okay? So uh, here he is, you know, sending letters out, praise God. Now this particular book, I love the book of Ephesians. There's so many promises in there about who you are and what you have and the the blessings you have, the uh, in this particular case in chapter 6, he's talking about the weaponry that you have. He says, put on the whole armor, praise God. Amen. And in verse 10, he says, finally, my brother. In other words, he's kind of wrapping things up, and he's saying, I want you to get a hold of this, all right? You're going to need you're going to need some armament because you're going into battle, and every time you go to prayer, you have to understand you're in a battle, praise God. And just get this, child of God. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are as a child of God. None of us are exempt from the battle. I mean, all of us have a race to run. We have a cross to bear. We have a fight to fight. And uh, we have definitely, uh, you know, some things that we have to get done in the spirit if we're going to accomplish this thing and do it right. Amen. So he says this. It started in verse 10 about this. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. And, of course, this is where it always starts. In fact, the word here, uh, to be strong, is talking about to be infused or empowered by something okay so he's talking about first it starts with being empowered in the lord and in the power of his might now in the lord is talking about being submitted to his lordship when you look this up and study it of course we did the first week we started this 
So it's talking about an area of submission. In other words, you're yielding to him. Okay, you're first starting, amen, this thing, you're going to be empowered, you're going to be infused, you're going to be strong in the Lord, as it says here, strong, praise God, in his leadings. Let God be God. Let God lead you, amen, is what it's saying. In fact, James 4 and 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you, praise God. And you notice it said first, submit to God, then resist the devil. Okay, now that's exactly what Paul's saying right here uh, to the church at Ephesus. He's saying the same thing. Okay, you got to fight to fight. You got to resist your enemy. But he says it starts with submitting to God. It starts with yielding to God. Let God lead you. Let God direct you. So it says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So now it's talking about his ability. Okay, in fact, the word. Uh, might, it means the ability to accomplish anything. So here is be strong in the Lord and in the power, you know, his power, it's talking about his power, uh, you know, his ability, what he can do. So not only in him, in his lordship in the area of leading you and directing you, but we're also talking about in his power. So let him do what he's called to do. Amen. Let him lead you and let him empower you. Amen. To get the job done. Nothing's impossible with God. That's why it first starts with going to him, letting God be God. Amen. Finally, good. All right. So let's verse 11. Let's go and jump in there. So it says, then put on the whole armor of God. Now, the thing I want to bring out today is you notice a couple places in here. He says, put on the whole armor. And today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay. It's always it's something that you got to, this is things you got to do. You have to put this on. Okay, you got to take the time to recognize, okay, this is something you have to do. All right, this is your part. Okay, God will do his part, but you got to also do your part. Okay, you got to put on this armor. You got to be be anchored in who you are and what you have in God. You got to know that you know that you know that you got authority and dominion over the enemy. Amen. I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself with that. But the bottom line is, this is what he's trying to say here. Put on your armament because you're going to need it. You're going into battle. Amen. And you can't go into battle without your armament. You better know what you got, better know who you are, you better know how to use uh, this weaponry, praise God. And uh, that's what he's bringing out. Put on the whole armor of God that you, I love this, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the scheming, the plotting, the the manipulation, the trickery of the enemy. And of course, we, we know that his biggest game is head games, head trips. The word says, don't be ignorant of his devices. And this is really just talking about head games and the head trips that he tries to play. So he says here, put on the whole armor because you're going to have to stand against this mess, all right? You can't run because he's always, the enemy's always going to try to do something with you, so you better, you're better off to stand and face your enemy. And as I've said the last couple of weeks, is you notice all the armaments on the front, okay? Well, it's because you're called to face your enemy. You're not called to turn, tuck tail, and run. We face our enemy, all right? Now, verse 12, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, okay? My fight's not with flesh and blood. Your fight's not with flesh and blood. In other words, our fight's not with each other. Our fight's not with even ourselves. I think I brought that out, uh, made that clear in, in one of our uh, services here, all right? Because uh, sometimes we, we become our own worst enemy. So pretty soon we, we think we're, we're the problem all the time. So we, now we've become our own, uh, you know, we've now warring against our own flesh, all right? And that isn't worth it. And somebody says, well, pastor, there's a, you know, people are do things. Yeah, sometimes people yield to things. Sometimes people yield to stuff they shouldn't yield to. Sometimes people make decisions they shouldn't make. 
And, and granted, it creates havoc or it creates an issue in our life. No doubt about it. But if we remember always that what's behind it is what's driving it. Okay. Always remember there's an enemy. Okay. We have one enemy. All right. It's not flesh and blood, but we do have an enemy. Now, of course, it goes on in this verse to talk more about that. It says here, even though we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we do have a, we do have a fight here. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, of course, condensed here, this is talking about different levels of demonic influence is all it is. Okay, and we, of course, we took a time, we kind of went through all that and kind of you know, kind of defined them a little bit. So it's just talking about different levels of uh, demonic influence is all it is. Now, the point we're trying to make with all that, it doesn't matter how the enemy's coming, okay? It doesn't matter what level of demonic influence is bombarding you or coming against you. Understand that you always have authority and dominion over the enemy. And with the name of Jesus, with the word of God, by the, by the spirit of God, amen, taking the sword of the spirit. Of course, something we're going to get on here through this series. But once you start doing all that, praise God, understand that you have authority over any of the demonic realm. All right. No matter what level of spiritual uh, or demonic uh, uh, level it's on, doesn't matter. It's all subject uh, to you as a child of God, all subject to the name of Jesus are you hearing me? Praise God. Amen. So we talked some about that. Verse 13, take up the whole armor of God, he says again, that you may be able to withstand or resist in the evil day. And of course, that means a day of pressure. Okay. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Amen. And then it starts talking about the armor. All right. Having gird your waist with truth. And we talked about that. That's not really referring about having, having the truth, okay, or knowing the truth. Although there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's a good thing. It's not, uh, you know, somebody says, well, it's talking about the Word of God. No, it's not really talking about the Word of God because you get down there and you're talking about the Spirit, or pardon me, the sword of the Spirit being the Word of God, okay? What he's talking about here is primarily about being real, okay? Being, being, being real, no facade, no hypocrisy. Um, you know, no, uh, no hidden agenda uh, when you, because when you're going into prayer, when you're uh, going to go, you know, face your enemy, okay, the last thing you want to be doing is be playing on his field or be playing, you know, his game, okay? Uh, once you start, uh, you know, yielding to, uh, you know, facade, uh, you know, uh, there's no, when there's no sincerity, just, you're just kind of playing a game, uh, you understand that all you're doing now is just, you know, playing into his hand, I'm talking about the enemy. All right, so the first thing he says is get real. Okay, you're going to have to get real. You have to get real with yourself. You have to get real with God. Amen, and at times even real with others, all right? Now, again, as I, I took the time, kind of dove into that pretty in depth a couple weeks back. All right, so, but the next one then he says with the breastplate of righteousness, okay? So not only take the, uh, the uh, gird yourself with uh, your waist with truth, but, but, but put on the breastplate of righteousness, okay? Now, Breastplate, covering the vitals, very important. The reason that's so important is because it's about uh, the word righteousness means rightness or um, right standing with, okay? And primarily what it's talking about is your relationship with God. You're always in a place of right standing. Now, the reason that's so important, the reason it's so vital is because the enemy, how he plays his game, okay? The enemy always talks you into crossing lines, then you cross that line, then he comes at you with the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, okay, the inferiority somehow, trying to get you embarrassed, trying to get you, uh, you know, uh, maybe some form of fear, fear fear-based thoughts, things like that, try to get you to back up. 
But the breastplate is there to, to keep you in a place, keep you in check with an understanding of the fact that even though you might have slipped up or might have made a mistake or said something you wish you wouldn't have said or did something you wouldn't, wish you wouldn't have done, you have to understand you do have a breastplate. Put the breastplate on. Amen. You're still in a place of right standing with God. He's made a way for you that you always have access to him, even in times when maybe you didn't shine so good. Okay? Now, again, uh, a lot of this was said last week, but, uh, again, I'm just going to say this, and that is this. You know, nobody's excusing sin. Nobody's justifying sin or some, making, uh, you know, somehow or another saying it's okay or condoning it. We're not. That's not what we're doing. All I know is, that when you recognize the fact that you've slipped up or made a mistake, it's good to know that God sent his son to pay a price for you, amen, for just that reason, or one of those reasons, I should say, amen. So now you've been placed in a, in a or put in a place of right standing, hallelujah, with God based on what Christ did. So that way, if you have slipped up, you still have access you can still go to God, amen? In fact, when you go to God, that's the quickest way to get free from any sin or free from any kind of a shortcoming or mistake that you maybe have made. I'm telling you, that's just how this thing works. Now, again, I'm kind of, I get a little preachy when I get on that, but the bottom line is, this is what uh, these this pieces of armament mean. Today, in verse 15, we're talking about uh, the shoes of peace, so to speak. It says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, okay? Verse 15 again, all right? Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, there's a mouthful there, okay? And so what I thought today, what I'm going to do here, um, I'm going to take take this little piece at a time and then come back at the end and we'll kind of sum it up, okay? I think this will make more sense if we do it this way. So having shod your feet. So let's look at, let's define some of this. Amen. Because what is he talking about here, okay? Um, you know, remember now, this is armament for you to, uh, to have intact, to have in place, to have put on, right? Okay, that you're going into prayer. You're going into battle to face your enemy. And this is something he says that you need to have, you know, have on, Okay. Your feet shod, okay? So what does that mean? Well, the word shod in itself just means to bind something tightly uh, together or under. Let's talk about, of course, one's foot here. So you're tying something tying something down. You're buckling something down here real tight, okay? Hallelujah. Now, again, talking about something you got to, you got to, this is part, your part here. Now, hang on. All right, so shod your feet, all right? Now, the word feet, okay, obviously everybody knows what a foot is, right? But the bottom line is it does mean an instrument representing movement. Get that, an instrument. So your feet are about movement, okay, moving forward. An instrument representing movement. It also means the member, get this, the member of your body placed upon the vanquished, okay, which means your enemy. In other words, the one that you have authority and dominion over. This is the part of your body that you place upon the neck of your enemy. Okay, now get a hold of that because of what we're talking about going into battle. So here you are. You got your feet shod. So it's referring to moving forward. It's referring to taking new ground. It's referring to standing your ground. Okay, these are all, uh, you know, part of what this shod feet means. Okay, so when you start thinking about this, first and foremost, your feet being shod, it's about now you've, you've 
buckled down, you're, uh, so to speak, you've tied down. I mean, you're ready to take ground. You're ready to move forward. Amen. In fact, let me give you some references on that. Joshua 1, verse 3 says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given unto you. And, of course, that's what God said to Joshua. Amen. And he said, actually, the same thing I said to Moses is what I'm telling you. All right. And back in Deuteronomy 11, he said this, every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours is what he said to Moses. All right. So he told Moses, every place you put your feet, I'm giving it to you. Then the next generation goes in and he says the same thing to Joshua. He says, every place the sole of your foot treads, I'm giving you. All right. Then you get a little further into Joshua, like in Joshua 14, and you get Caleb reminding Joshua, amen, that every place the sole of my foot treads is mine. In fact, he says it this way. He says, surely the land where my foot is trodden shall be my inheritance. All right? That's my inheritance. And that's when he was claiming his mountain is his, right? Give me my mountain, right? And that's what he's saying. He said, listen, that's a part of my promise. So every place the sole of my foot treads is mine. All right? Now, understanding you get into the new covenant, in fact, Romans in 16 and 20, that says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Okay, now get a hold of that because that's what he's talking about. In fact, that's probably going to come up again. But the, he says that the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Remember what that, that word foot meant. Also, the member placed upon the vanquished. Okay, your, your foot is to be placed upon your enemy. All right, not only are you taking ground, but you're also putting your foot on your enemy. All right, so when we're talking about now this armament, you know, don't just see we're just putting on a pair of sneakers here, okay? This is something pretty serious, okay? This isn't some lightweight thing he's talking about here. In fact, uh, you know, it's really compared to uh, back in Genesis when, when the word, uh, when, when the Lord himself actually uh, addressed the enemy and he says there's one coming who's going to bruise his heel on your head. That's what he's talking about. He's going to place his foot on your head. Okay, of course, he was talking about Jesus placing his foot on the enemy. Okay, is what the prophecy was about. So anyway, the point is this. Now, here we are called to do the same thing. Okay, in fact, let's look, move a little bit further in that verse. In fact, back in Ephesians 6, 15, he says this. Okay, the feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel piece. So the preparation, let's look at that word real quick. In fact, the best way to probably do this, well, let's see, let me give you a definition. It says this, it means uh, to make ready in advance. It means to solidify something. In other words, to give something substance. And it also means firmness. I'm talking about like firmness in footing. In fact, if, you, if we look at the amplified of this verse 15, so this is again, Ephesians 6, 15 in the amplified, it says, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Let me say it again, okay, to face your enemy, right, with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and readiness, amen, hallelujah, praise God, produced by the good news, in other words, the message that you've heard here, okay, obviously he's talking about the gospel of peace. Now, the point being is this, is not only are you out taking ground, not only are you going to have, you know, put your, put your foot on the neck of your enemy, amen, but it says you've got to be ready for this, okay? You've got to be firm-footed. You can't be back and forth, wavering up and down. You've got to settle this, okay? Now, hang on to that because what we're talking about in context, okay? And I know I keep saying that, but I just, you've got to grab this, okay? When you're going to face your enemy, you go into battle, you go into prayer, 
You're going to take a stand for you. You're going to take a stand for those in your family, those around you, your friends, your, uh, you know, your church, your, uh, your pastor, your, uh, you know, uh, maybe work partners, people you work with uh, in, day in and day out, employees, employers, whatever it is, whoever it is you're supplicating for and praying for, you better know who you are. You're going into battle, not just some lightweight, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of a mild type mentality. You're going into this thing knowing who you are, knowing that you have dominion, knowing that you have authority, knowing that you have a right to take a stand. Amen. Not only taking ground, but take a stand on the neck of your enemy. All right. You better know that. Okay. Uh, you know, you'll instead of waver, instead of being back and forth. So when he's talking about having shod your feet with the preparation, he's talking about you're being ready to do this. You're prepared. You're ready. Amen. Hallelujah. This ain't no lightweight thing to you. This is serious business. Amen. Anyway, praise God. Then it says the gospel of peace in that verse. Okay. So let's look at that a little bit here. I'm going to kind of, kind of. Look at this first as the gospel, as a, as a as good news or message, okay? Because that word gospel does mean glad tidings, or it means a good news or a message or something communicated. Of course, it's, of course, in context, talking about a message of peace, okay? Now, hang on. So first, let's look at it this way. I'm going to give you some references. Here's Romans 10 and verse 15. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those, amen, who preach, okay, who communicate, who bring forth the gospel of peace, right? Who bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. So he's, now just hang on to that. Cause now, so he's talking about first and foremost, there's a message or something being said here. But I need you to hear the whole thing here. Okay. Now we know according to the scriptures, okay, if you just kind of look at this thing about, you know, peace in itself, a message of peace, <clears throat> let's, uh, you could look at it first this way. We see from the very beginning of Jesus being born, okay, and, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph give birth to a son. Okay, his name's Jesus, all right? And we see in Luke 2 where it talks about, you know, the, the angels are rejoicing. And it says, you know, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, look, look at this, on earth there's peace and goodwill toward men. That was one of the things stated. Now, what it was, see, it was it come out of a prophecy out of Isaiah 9, verse 6. And it brings out that this, this son that was given, this one who, this child that was born, this son that was given, all right, part of it says his name was going to be called the Prince of Peace, all right? So now the Prince of Peace is now born on planet Earth. That's why it says now on Earth, peace and goodwill toward men. So now Mr. Peace, the Prince of Peace now is born Amen. Here he is now on earth. Okay, now hang on. There's a reason I'm going to all this. Then you see Jesus as he grows and now goes into ministry in those three and a half years of, of, of ministry. And we see like in the gospel or probably in the epistles and, and especially in Ephesians, uh, we see like in chapter two, you see like in around, you know, uh, verses 14 on right in there, kind of right in that little area right there of Ephesians, we see where uh, it says that uh, the the Mr. Peace has come. Are you, are you hearing me now? He is our peace. It says he's preaching peace. He's making peace. Okay, so there's that word again. Okay, now hang on. All right. Then we know all through Scripture that not only is Jesus our peace, not only is he the Prince of Peace, not only is he preaching peace, not only is he making peace, we see we're the God of peace. Okay, we got all kinds of reference. I, I, I don't even have time to go into all them. How many times God's called the God of peace? 
okay? All right, so you're thinking, okay, what is it about this, this thing of peace? I mean, is it just we go around and we hold hands and we sing kumbaya and, and all that? Is that what he's talking about? Not at all, not even close, all right? In fact, the word peace, let me give you some definition of it. Um, irene is, is, the, is the Greek word, which is the, uh, the same word used in the Hebrew of shalom, okay? So there's shalom in the Hebrew, Irene is the, is the Greek word, okay? They both mean the same thing. And what they, what they define out as complete, okay? It means something complete, something whole. Get this, something set at one again. In other words, brought back to its original state. In other words, divine order is what it's talking about. It literally means the rule of order in the place of chaos. So anytime peace is mentioned, that's what he's talking about. The rule of order in the place of chaos. Amen. It also, at some places, is defined as that which makes for man's highest good. All right? Nothing missing, nothing broken. You might have heard that definition before. That's what this word peace means. Everything made whole, everything brought back into divine order. So we're talking about a message. Jesus came not just, not just to say, hey, why don't you all get along? I mean, that's a good thing, wouldn't it, to all get along? But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, man, it's time to drive out all the chaos. It's time to drive out all the disorder. Let's bring order again. In other words, the, the demonic realm has dictated far too long. We're driving out the enemy in every area that we can. So we're talking about here going into, into battle here. Part of what we're doing here is going to drive out the chaos, drive out, come on now, drive out disorder. Okay, we're going to try to bring things back into order. Now, hang on to that because that's what Jesus did, all right? In fact, let's look at some references here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, please. 1 Corinthians 14. And verse 33, and uh, Paul says this, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. All right, so what does that mean? Well, we define peace, but here's what the word confusion means. It means disorder, tumult or, or turmoil, okay? So conflict kind of thing. It means commotion or chaos, and it also means instability. So what he's saying here is God's not the author of all that kind of mess. All right, God's the author of peace. God isn't the author of all the, all the mishap, all the chaos, all the commotion, all the disorder, God's the author of that which brings order, okay? So he's the God of peace. He sent the Prince of Peace who came preaching peace and making peace, amen? And he didn't even do that. I mean, if you even get into, the, into Mark 4 and you see the boys even out on the boat, everybody's on the boat heading somewhere, this, this great storm arose, all right? They all get nervous, all right? They wake Jesus up, and they say, Jesus, what are you going to do about this? You know what Jesus did? He stood up, and he said, peace, be still. What's he doing? Well, he's trying to, he's trying to you know, come against the chaos. He's bringing order in the place of chaos. Right now, there's chaos. The storm is nothing but chaos. So what he says, he, called, he commanded that storm to be still. He brought peace. He brought order. He says, chaos, go. 
So what's happening? See, we start getting an understanding here. This isn't some lightweight play patty cake with the devil thing. This isn't some, you know, you know, just weak kind of thing. We're talking about something serious here. When we're talking about somebody shotting their feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're not talking about some lightweight thing here. This isn't just so we all, like I said, all, you know, sit around, hold hands. Uh, okay, nothing wrong with holding hands, but I'm just, uh, but it isn't about all of us just sitting around here just singing kumbaya or something. This is about us, praise God, standing our ground in who we are as children of God, not only taking ground, but we're standing our ground and putting our foot on the neck of our enemy, all right, and keeping him out of our business, keeping him out of the business of our loved ones, our friends, and on and on it goes. So when we're going into battle in the area of intercession and prayer, Amen. And we go against our enemy. Understand, you got to know who you are. You got to be. You got to be sure-footed. You got to be stable when it comes time to your stand and who you are and what you have. Oh, hallelujah! Praise God. Amen. The Book of Acts. In fact, Acts ten, and I don't know that I'm necessarily going to go there just for sake of time here, but Acts ten and thirty-four, um, kind of a few verses in there. It shows Peter addressing. Okay, the Gentile family. Okay, he's here he is addressing about some things, and he makes some statements. He's talking about Jesus, all right? And he says this. He said, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus. He goes on to say, for he is Lord of all. In other words, so this, this message of peace, of wholeness, of driving out chaos, came through Jesus. That message came through Jesus. But then it said this, okay? You get on into the next verse or so. And said, he who went about, talking about Jesus, who went about doing good, here we go, and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Let me say that again, okay? Who went about, and I believe this is Acts 10, 38, I think this verse is, who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Now you think, well, why are you mentioning it? Because it wasn't just that he went around talking it. He went around and performed it. See, he was driving chaos out. When you start looking at what Jesus did in the area of doing good, in other words, being, you know, helping people in situations, it's what it literally means, the doing of good. It's the sowing a do-good seed. You're, you're benefiting others. You're bringing profit into a situation. You're bringing the God factor into situations. Doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Makes it clear who the oppressor is here. Okay, hello. But it says he's doing good and healing all. What's he doing? Bringing peace. See, the, real, the word peace in itself, that's what it's referring to. So not only is it just about a message, but it's about actually bringing in order, driving out chaos, eliminating the confusion, eliminating the turmoil, eliminating all the, the commotion, eliminating the problems. So when he's talking about shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel peace, he's talking about you're, you're now in a place, in a position, just like Jesus was. He was here to drive out darkness, to drive out the chaos. So are you. That's what you're called to do. Are you hearing me, child of God? Amen. In fact, when we go back to that verse in uh, Romans 16 again, uh, when it says that, uh, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet, that starts making some sense now. That's what he's talking about. Okay, the God of peace, so you're leaning on him, you're, you're submitted to him as the God of peace. 
You're taking the same message that the Prince of Peace had, amen, preaching that peace, proclaiming that peace, walking that peace, making peace. What's that all mean? It means you're taking your ground. You're driving back darkness. You're eliminating the chaos. You're eliminating what the enemy, where the enemy had place. You're now driving him out. You're now taking ground, standing your ground, amen, and got your foot on the neck of your enemy. Praise God. So we're talking about this put on your armor. Amen. It gets pretty serious. Amen, child of God. Amen. In fact, the scripture says this in Colossians 3 and 15. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Amen. In other words, don't let chaos rule. Don't don't base all your decisions and things based on the chaos and the mess. Because that's what the enemy wants to do is get you so caught up with everything Got one little fight after another, one little war, one little skirmish after or skirmish after another. Amen. All kinds of stuff that goes on, and all the enemy's trying to do is get you to react based on that. He says, "Listen, let the peace of God rule in your heart. You put on your, the shoes of peace. Amen. Know who you are. Amen. You make your decisions based on that. Amen. You take authority and dominion. Don't let chaos control. Amen. Don't let chaos rule." You take your place. It starts making some sense now when you start looking at some of these verses, you know. Amen. You know, let the peace of God rule. Amen. The word talks about his thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. He starts, starts bringing on a whole new light. Amen. His thoughts and everything being well, everything being whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. No more chaos. Amen. His thoughts, amen, are not of evil. His thoughts are of peace. Amen. Bringing wholeness, amen, into your life. So now when you go into prayer, and you go into battle, you're putting on this armament. Why are you doing that? Well, because everywhere I go, I'm going to drive out chaos. I'm not going to let the enemy have place in my family. I'm not going to let the enemy have place in my marriage. I'm not going to let the enemy have place in my business, my finance, my health, uh, my kids. We can go on and on and on. I'm not going to let the enemy have place in my church. I'm not going to let the enemy have place in any area of my life. Hallelujah. Or the life of my loved ones. Praise God. I'm standing my ground as a child of God. I'm shodding my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, standing my ground, pushing back darkness pushing back chaos praise God because just like Jesus he said the same works that I do shall you do also praise God and he drove back darkness when he said peace be still that's what he was doing praise God he was driving back the chaos driving back darkness and that's exactly what we do every time we go into prayer child of God know who you are know what you have praise God put on your shoes of peace amen and go do battle praise God I hope you got something today here. Uh, Hallelujah. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for this people that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord God, for a people that put on the whole armor of God. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.